Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you. Thank <laughs> you.
entering the Rory Sauter Show, home of America's Man of the Hour and home of America's biggest Trump supporters. Climb aboard and buckle up your seatbelt because this is a wild ride. Nothing but unfiltered talk and the hardcore truth. Mega, mega, mega. Yesterday, unfortunately, because we were having some technical problems with the system, and I apologize for that. The last time we were on the air was Thursday. Uh, we had amazing shows last week. It was uh, so many great guests, so many great topics addressed. Um, I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Um, there's definitely been lots going on in the media that we will get to. I can't wait for tonight's show. Uh, a lot is on my mind, uh, a lot to get out. I do have some venting to do with all the crap that's going on, uh, just et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I, first and foremost, as always, I want to thank my sponsors, my special guests, uh, my co-hosts, and my amazing audience, as always. And like I said, ever, like I've been saying, we're now downloadable in 19 different countries. We are doing fantastic. Um, we're all over the Internet. We're on, like, over 40 different online platforms that you can find us on, the Rory Sauter Show. Um, so that's, that's great. And, uh, you know, we have a very special show tonight. Um, we have popular radio show host, lobbyist, political consultant, strategist, and activist Clint Bellows will be calling in. We also have popular talk show host, entrepreneur, political activist, and freedom fighter Will Johnson will be calling in. On the line right now, uh, joining us as always is oil and natural gas investor, foreign policy analysis, businessman, motivational speaker, radical Islam expert, and a contributor to Daily Caller, Clash Daily, Live Zet, Daily Surge, and The Hill. Mr. Dan Perkins, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. And yourself? Doing well. Great to have you here, sir. And uh, I also want to welcome to the show uh, legislative affairs for President Ronald Reagan, international security expert, Islamic historian, political activist, and best-selling author, Valerie Greenfeld. How are you? Good, Rory. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And lobbyist, activist, and political strategist, Josh Halavate. How are you, my friend? I'm doing very, very well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Well, it's a pleasure for you all to be here. Um, first and foremost, I, you know, I want to get into the big stuff, but First, let's start with the small and petty, you know, left-wing uh, narrative that's been put out there on so many different things these last couple days. It most, you know, most of this is regarding the whole 
social justice warrior, you know, uh, phony stance that the left uh, portrays. But first, I want to start with the Gillette commercial. I want to play this for everybody that hasn't heard it, but I'm sure many people have already seen it, listened to it. But for those who haven't, uh, this, what these people are trying to do is not only bad for business, it's also sending the totally wrong message. It's, it's the feminism narrative. It's the anti-male movement. It's, you know, it's all these men. It's like, it's like telling men, even the good men that have never done anything wrong, it's time to own up. You know, it's time to, you know, believe women and trust all the Me Too victims and just all this left-wing propaganda crap. And Gillette, you know, they used to have the motto, the best a man can get. Well, you know, this is starting to become soy boy status. I mean, this is absolutely turning, going to turn men into more of wimps. I mean, we're already seeing uh, the female, uh, you know, on certain sides, the feminine, feminist movement, you know, uh, taking over uh, a male's mindset, basically uh, not letting him be a guy, you know, uh, and these, fem- these feminists wearing the pants. It's disgusting. But let's play this. Everybody has to hear this. Uh, one, two. Bullying. The Me Too movement against sexual Toxic masculinity. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh at all. What I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. But she says And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Bro, not cool, not cool. Some already are. In ways big. Young men. And small. I am strong. But some is not enough. That's how we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. Jesus Christ. I mean, let me start off by saying, I'm going to play one more clip, a tiny clip, and then we're going to talk about this. But let me just say real quick, and, and it's absolutely disgraceful that, you know, what this is, and, and I can tell you right now firsthand, this is bigotry, this commercial. It's basically saying to every single guy, you follow th- these guidelines and these rules, otherwise you are not a, a respectful man. And yes, obviously there are pieces of shit, excuse my French, you know, men out there that have done terrible things. But generalizing and labeling and, and kind of trying to give us lectures how to live our life when a lot of us are doing the right thing already, I mean, this is just so, such, just more, this is more left-wing propaganda is what it is. And I, do, I really want to play this clip as well, and this ties into the, you know, the social justice warrior, the liberal garbage, the, the victim stance, the, the race baiting, all of it. 
Uh, but look what CNN said the other night about Trump uh, giving the football players from Clemson fast food McDonald's and all this stuff. Uh, you, got, you guys got to hear this. I mean, CNN, people that actually can still watch this with a straight face have serious psychological issues. Uh, one four. I got to play something that just happened, though, about the shutdown uh, for both of you. Um, this is uh, the president. He did go ahead with some meetings today despite the shutdown, including one with the Clemson Tigers, right, for their championship meeting. And here's what he said. So I had a choice. Do we have no food for you because we have a shutdown? Or do we give you some little quick salads that the first lady will make along with, along with the second lady? They'll make some salads. And I said, you guys aren't into salads. Or do I go out, Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott, do I go out and send out for about 1,000 hamburgers? <laughs> Big Mac. So we actually did That's appalling. Uh, it seems to me like the president will not be happy until there is not one single female Republican voter in the country. It's incredibly sexist. It also, I mean, I don't know why I'm stuck on this. But Ivanka is not the second lady. She is actually, I don't think she deserves this position, she's actually a senior advisor to the president. So the idea that he would demean her specifically in that way, he shouldn't talk about the first lady that way. We, we aren't all here to make salads for men. It's, it's yeah. disgusting. I mean, I'm presuming he was talking about Karen Pence when he said second lady. Oh, I God, don't I'm sorry. No, but, I, but I'm she shouldn't be doing it either. But, but, but I mean, I mean, I mean uh, Scott, <laughs> look, that's crazy. this is one of those things where... Sometimes what people say when they're being funny is exposes exactly who they are and what they think. Not that there was any question, but, but this is pretty clear. Uh, I, I certainly didn't take his comments to be sexist. I think that um, if somebody took them that way, you know, that's, that's fine. Mike, Mike probably Tim's they want to take everything that salad. Donald Trump says as being Scott, <laughs> as can being I just evil. ask you, how in the world uh, do you not perceive that as sexist? To take an assumption that his wife's going to go make salads for the bunch of football players? What is she, I, like the cook? Well, I didn't. I didn't hear it that She's way. I eat read. salad almost every night for dinner. I mean, I, <laughs> we make a lot of salads oh, in the Jennings household, and so I make some, wife, and my wife makes some. Make I mean, them I all for you? I mean, I, maybe she does. No, Fine. I make I'm, some, and she makes some. Okay, but that's not what he said. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't take it that way. If somebody took it that way, that that's fine. I, I didn't. It didn't strike me that way. I think he was trying to make a joke about feeding hamburgers to football players. I think you you might be overreading this one. Uh, I'm not overreading it. He made a joke that was sexist about women. I guess what I guess maybe oh, what we're disagreeing with is whether it's funny. And whether humor is, is something that's serious. <laughs> I think Scott's disagreeing that it's uh, sexist, I, which he's entitled to his opinion. It's not going to be a popular one. No, but. I didn't. It didn't. It didn't strike. It didn't strike me that way. And and I'm not. I, <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised that you all are taking it that way. But it's fine. Wow. Okay. I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. Now I I have to say I. <laughs> oh my God! Can you? You know I have so many thoughts, but Dan, let's start with you. Well, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, um, I mean, here's, here's what I want to say, though. Look at all of these, you know, this all plays into this, all these narratives that I just, these clips that I played, it ties into the whole social justice warrior crap, the political correctness. You know, uh, the real bigots are on the left, because if you don't agree with them, then you're automatically called a Nazi, a racist, a bigot, whatever. But, but that is so wrong because everybody has a right to have their own views. And for, for the left to constantly judge the right and do all these different things and you know, not be held to the same standard uh, as Republicans would be, it, it's sickening. But go ahead, Dan. 
Well, um, Josh, are you there? I sure am. So guess what? Uh, you're going to go in a different direction, aren't you? Yes, sir. Um, you might have heard of Title IX. Title IX is federal legislation that the women's movement got to change the scholarship allocation from men's academic sports and academia in colleges and universities across the United States. They, uh, they were felt that they were being discriminated against because they were not getting a proportional share of the uh, scholarship money uh, relative to the percentage of the population of the student body. So they got Title IX passed, which... Title IX. Pardon me? I'm sorry. I thought I heard Dan Perkins. Uh, I, uh, uh, you did. Clint, Clint I'm going to introduce you shortly. Don't worry. And, uh, all right. I'm, uh, I'm fine. I just I was interested in Dan's comments on Title IX so, and how well they've yeah. worked out for the country, by the way. I'm sorry. Forget the interruption. Yeah. So, so what happened is that the Title, the title IX... Uh, gave to women a certain percentage of the scholarship dollars for the uh, athletic teams uh, at colleges and universities. Mm-hmm. But we got a problem. The women made a decision that they wanted to get this equality, and at the same time, recently, they decided that they would support the LBGT movement. Right. But now what's happened is that men who think they're women today yeah. can compete against women who are women yep. today uh, in sports, and they're whipping their ass. So which is an, now which the is an unfair look, advantage. And, and, you know, you see all these feminists and all these women uh, complaining that they, that they have a lack of rights. But men are the leading cause, are the leading, lead the rate in suicide. They lead the rate in the homeless population. They lead the rate in prison and jail sentences. So you never hear feminists talking about that. And you, you have all of these things that women say they're oppressed by, but in so many categories, they're so much better off than men. But go ahead. Sorry. Well, the point that I was trying to make was, that they now have a situation where they can't say anything about it. They've backed themselves into a corner that if you're going to support transgenderism, you have to allow men who are being women today to compete (laughs) compete against females and get your ass whipped. So now that um, we have a state who's decided that they're going to try and pass legislation that you will no longer be able to compete in sports based on your perceived daily gender, but your actual physical gender. So the women's movement is now in in a serious problem because they don't know whether they should fight this or not, because if they start to fight it, then they're not supporting their brothers and sisters in the transgender movement. This commercial that you played shows that the political correctness is still alive and well in the United States. 
and people are beginning to understand that it's a problem, and it's a problem that's growing in magnitude. Um, there was another survey that came out today, which was shocking to me, sort of, um, how the the attitudes of the American electorate are turning uh, on abortion. On the very same day that Mario Cuomo, the governor of New York, who's considering being one of the gang of 30 running for the, the Democratic presidential nomination, says that he will demand legislation that will allow an abortion up to the minute of birth. And when you get past, when the American electric is pulled on this issue, women included, once you get past rape and incest, the, the numbers are switching against late-term abortions and abortions in general. So the women's movement is being compromised. One final point, and then I'll shut up. All, all of the original founder of the women's movement the day after President Trump was inaugurated, the Women's March, the Women's March leadership is coming across as being anti-Semitic across the board and that many women are disappointed that the leadership is so racist and biased uh, and are disheartened that the movement has now been captured by extreme far-left socialist, which is not what they wanted to do. I use all of those examples to point out that there's chaos in the women's movement, and it's coming to the surface. And this commercial that you played at the beginning of the show is another example of trying to demean men but not falling on sound ears. That's all I have to say. You're right. You're absolutely right. I, I want to I wanna get Valerie's thoughts, and then I'll go to you, Josh. Thank you, Rory. Um, I agree with what Dan had to say. And um, of four boys, I'm just really tired of, of hearing about the battering of men. I mean, it's just it's, it's enough already, you know. I mean, we, we had this woman's movement. When you know in the sixties, and and to continue in this way, it was, I think it was it's demeaning to women. And like again, the thing about the march, um, you know, these are not the people that women want to follow. These the anti-Semitic um, leaders of the march, and that's one of the reasons why the president of the march, or the woman who started it, asked these particular four or five women. Um, a couple of them who just were elected to Congress um, to to, to um, get out of the movement because it's not a woman's movement. It's a left-wing, extremist, anti-Semite, um, anti-American movement that's masked as a women's march, but that's not what it was. I mean, if I wanted to march there, I wouldn't have been welcome because I have conservative values. So to say that it's a woman's movement and the women's march is just completely, um, it, it's, it's a misnomer. Um, 
So what was the yeah. other? I wanted to say something else. Go ahead. And, 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 and just, to, just to say you're absolutely right. I mean, if you don't, you know, follow their narrative, if you, if you don't align with their beliefs, then it's not a woman's mark. It's only, it's only for the leftist women that are caught in that, you know, like just disgusting mindset. But continue with your other thoughts. Sorry. I was just going to, the last thing I wanted to mention was that Gillette um, thing that you put on, which was unbelievable to me. I mean, you know, women buy razors too. <laughs> and I now no longer want to buy one from Gillette. Oh, my God. You I just got an electric day. razor you might want to consider. Um, Sorry? Rory, are you there? I'm calling in. Yeah, Clint, and, uh, Clint I'm, I'm going to introduce you here in like two seconds. Um, well, you know, I, uh, I, I do, you know, it's, I, oh, I agree with your, your previous speaker in the sense that, uh, yeah. the women's movement has never been a women's movement. It's a political movement. It's a liberal political right. movement from the get go started by uh, Bella, whatever her name was and Gloria Steinem Absolutely. and, uh, and Bella Abzug and Gloria Steinem and, uh, uh, a number of others. And, and it's, 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 you know, it's been a, uh, Throw a, a Margaret Sanger in there, throw abortionists in, throw uh, the whole uh, lesbian movement in. I used to think L, a BGT, whatever it is, was a sandwich <laughs> with bacon and two or three uh, vegetables on it. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm real. Thank you for. I'm, I'm curious. I'm, you know, now there's a queue, and I guess I'm inquisitive or queer or something. I don't know, but anyway, please forgive me. I just couldn't stay out of it any longer. I, you know, so. Uh, I, I understand it. It drives me nuts too. Don't d- believe me. But uh, Josh, go ahead. Uh, your thoughts, buddy. Yeah, you know, more than anything, to comment on the uh, the clip you played from CNN about Trump making that joke during the Clemson national championship um, um, yeah. get together. How unbelievable was that? Just an absolute lack yeah. of any know-how or really any. Any amount of social history in the United States. Yeah, I hate to, I, you know, I, I hate to tell whoever, I'm not sure who that was, but I hate to tell them that, guess what, uh, you know, the majority of, of married women still make their husbands food, like, yeah. on, on, a, on a normal basis. Like, this is not something that's somehow offensive. A, a woman making a man food is not in any way wrong. A man making a woman, woman food is just as not wrong. You know, it, it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous that they're so they're so caught up in their small little world that they would have no idea that it's still socially acceptable for a wife to make their husband some food when they get home. You know, or to make food for them at all. Uh, he made a funny. I thought it was actually a pretty clever joke, in all honesty, because it's a ridiculous statement of saying that the first and second ladies are going to go make salads for all these football players. Um, right. You know, and I, I thought he handled the whole situation well. The, the fact that they would go that far just shows how inept the left has become. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. Very well said. And, you know, it's gotten so bad and, and it's so terrible that, you know, these so many men have became so weak and so submissive to, the, to this feminism community. It, it's absolutely disgraceful. Like, for instance, you know, I, I've seen this on multiple occasions in the grocery store where a wife is bossing the husband around and saying, no, you're not getting that. Put that back. I mean, I just, just am like shaking my head. 
how how our society you know has transformed into this sort of thing. But you know, I know it's it's existed you know throughout life where men are weak and are the submissive ones. But today's society, it's to a whole new level. I mean, there's a whole new level of weakness and and snowflakes and just people that are oh my god it's just it's sad it's really sad because this is you know men are supposed to be macho men are supposed to be men let them be who they are and women are supposed to be women and this whole alpha male mentality from the feminist movement it's disgraceful um but i do want to i do want to introduce our first guest um let's go to a quick 30 second commercial break and uh, we will be right back with introduce our first guest. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Do you ever have an app idea you want built, but you don't know who to contact, or you don't have the funds to pay a big app company? I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. We do all our work here in the USA, and we have employees all across the nation. Give us a call today for your free consultation. We are looking forward to hearing from you. God bless. Cheers. Excellent. We are back. So I do want to introduce our first guest, popular radio show host, lobbyist, political consultant, strategist, and activist, Clint Billows. Bellows. How are you, my friend? And I, I tell you, man, quite the resume you have. I mean, you've lived the, a profound life, you know, like, you know, not too many people. I mean, you've interviewed pretty much every presidential candidate uh, on your show. You've had pretty much every politician on your show. You've been doing this a long time. You know, what I like Thank to you. do with my guests when they first come on uh, for the first time, I like them to give a backstory, you know, how it all started for you you know, your, your life, your bio, stuff like that. So take the floor, Clint. Well, thank you. And I, I, uh, your callers, Josh, and, uh, the, 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 the nice woman's uh, name and, uh, was, um, I'm trying to pull that out of my, I'm having a, yeah, Val- Val- Valerie, she used to work for uh, Ronald Reagan, matter of fact, in the white house. Well, I probably might've known her because I was back there at that time too. Um, it sounded kind of familiar actually. And, um, uh, I was around uh, on the West Coast uh, uh, raising money and doing advance work for Reagan and Bush and and uh, way back in the 80s when we actually had a California Republican Party, which is really a thing of the past now, unfortunately. And uh, we not only got the president elected, but we got Pete Wilson and George Duke Majin, and we, we did well across the board for, for many years, electing governors and senators from California. And uh, this, 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 I lived out there 35 years, and it's, uh, it's fallen into the ocean, as far as I know. And, uh, you know, so they're putting a tax on water, uh, Gavin uh, Newsom. Uh, yep. They're trying to figure out a way to get him a spinal transplant, uh, but I don't think that's going to work. I, I was listening to your comments about and Dan's comments about Title IX and uh, – and the acquiescence of men in the society, but men have been trained now by women to acquiesce. And, uh, uh, and, and, and every time uh, they, they get outside of a certain uh, not definable boundary in advance, they're charged with some kind of a sexual crime, whether they're any, I mean, uh, witness the, uh, the, 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 the bimbo who, uh, pardon me, I'm pretty <laughs> on, uh, who, uh, 
notes with uh, Judge Kavanaugh, but couldn't remember where. I can't when, remember. How, why. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but it was great. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I it really bothered me. But anyway, you know, I think a lot of it goes to uh, high fructose corn syrup and too much soy in the American diet is. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, is is killing the testosterone <laughs> level of the American man, and it's uh, you know I don't eat beans anymore. I know Dean Ornish and the vegetarians want me to, but they are full of estrogen, and I'm not trying to grow a set of man boobs, okay? Uh, and you know I have on my show almost every day uh, members of our military, our special forces, and uh, people that have worked in intelligence. They've actually worked writing software for the top guys in the Defense Department and the NSA over the last 20 years. And um, I don't want to start out too controversial, but Barack Obama was on the take and still is from the Gulf War. Uh, I I think we could prove that if we could ever get him indicted. Uh, But as long as we keep putting up guys like they did again today, and nothing against Bill Barr, but he's not going to be – I think he's a fine guy. But he's a, you know, he's a player. He's he uh, he understands the uniform and he knows what to do and not do. And uh, I don't know whether he'll uh, finally curtail this Mueller investigation or not, which has only gone on about two years now. And uh, you know, we got rid of Richard Nixon for what amounted to a parking ticket compared to what Obama and the Clintons have done uh, over the past 25 years. Um, by the way, I'm a businessman, a lawyer. Uh, political consultant, uh, you know, I'm a, a mass a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy and uh, uh, have done a lot of different things, kind of a Forrest Gump. I don't want to focus too much on me. But uh, Rory, of course, has maybe the preeminent blog talk show in the country uh, on the Internet, and I'm delighted to be with him. Dan Perkins has been a special guest on my program over the last three or four years, and you know what his skills are. Um, but, you know, it's uh, we are losing the country, and we're losing it fast. And, um, you know, Hitler said, or Stalin both said, you know, if you're going to tell a lie, tell a big one. Uh, I went off my show today with Nicole, what was her name, Wallace, who was booted out of the Bush White House for being a turncoat. And, you know, the Bushes get rid of you. You really are to the left. Uh, and she said on the morning Yo show with Mika Muka Mouseketeer and uh, Yo, Yo Scarborough that uh, uh, that the left doesn't lie at all. It's not racist. It has no agenda. It, it has no flaws. It thinks in a very pure, idealistic way. And the right is so corrupt that, uh, you know, we're going to have to take action to uh, – uh, to rein it in, and oh, by the way, uh, Donald Trump's a spy for Russia. Okay, uh, I have absolutely no cooperation, evidence, or anything of any kind, but I'm throwing that out there on the table so that the millennials and the other sheeple and mindless boobs, the you know what uh, what Spiro Agnew called 50 years ago the the nattering nabobs of negativism, uh, uh, the press uh, basically take this stuff to the bank and they just keep repeating. The same tired but inaccurate and fictitious statements about American citizens. They have nothing on Donald Trump. Mueller's got nothing on Donald Trump. He's a buddy of Comey who has investigated the Clintons four times in the last 20 years and has never found an indictable charge against them. Okay, so we're talking about a stacked deck, and, uh, you know, it's. Uh, 
we're just rearranging the chairs on the Titanic, in my opinion, uh, Rory. And, uh, uh, you know, the progressive left is right now winning the game. We, you know, we have got, let me give you another example. Uh, Saul Linsky, uh says the way to take over a country is to control the young- radicals, right? You got it. And, and so what have we found now? We find the Obamas with a $65 million contract with Netflix to do Saturday morning. You used to you'll watch Mighty Mouse or, or, or Superman or, you know, Bull, Bull, uh, Rocky and, and, and uh, Bullwinkle the Moose or whatever cartoon show, Popeye, whatever you're going to watch. Now, if you're a little kid, you get on Netflix and you can hear the Obamas telling you why you shouldn't have any ambition, why everybody deserves exactly the same lifestyle, of course, except right. them and the other elite that are playing with a whole different set of realities, and that uh, they shouldn't have an ambition or a goal or a hope or a dream in their head. And if you right. pound that into them for the next 10 or 20 years, and I don't think yes. we're that far away from it, uh, forgive me for rambling on here, but I'm... I'm pretty charged up and, uh, you know, and I love it, man. About love the enthusiasm. The men and women energy. deal. You know, I mean, Rush Limbaugh once used the term uh, for Title IX. It was a program called uh, Adedictomy, and I, I, I don't know exactly what he meant by that. But, uh, you know, you know, we, we, there is nowhere in the world you can go now. I was a member of a men's club in Los Angeles back in the 80s when I worked downtown there, and there was a club called the Jonathan Club. And it was a men's club, and uh, women were invited to all the public places except the swimming pool and the workout area. Um, they were, you know, uh, they had social memberships, but memberships were uh, for men at that point in time. Well, uh, and uh, Gloria Allred. Uh, uh, oh, and, geez. And, uh, <laughs> and she, uh, and of course, she's brought her daughter along very well, Lisa Bloom. Uh, and yeah. she... You know, just sued us like 22 different times until the Jonathan Club now, you know, the last time I heard uh, accepted women. Nothing all that particularly wrong about it. But what we've tried to do is is blur the lines between men and women, make everybody the same sex. You know, I believe that in some states and some universities, uh, it's either against the law or highly discouraged for somebody on a college admission application to say I'm a man or a woman, I'm a male or I'm a female. Okay, uh, what, yeah. what is this about? Can you tell me, Rory? You're a young whipper. I mean, what is going you, on? I, you know, you you know, Clint, you bring up some great points, and, and you're absolutely right. And you know, we all saw that that tranny on the the video that got went viral a couple weeks ago it's ma'am it's ma'am like when the in the clerk in the store called uh does anybody recall what i'm talking about yep i do yeah oh go ahead sorry Clint. no i was just gonna say uh that the other thing that is just really starting to wear americans out i believe is the fact yeah. that they are according to the left uh, they are yep. racist, they are misogynist, yep. they're xenophobic, oh, yeah. they're ageist, right. they're, right. Uh, they're elitist, uh, you know, on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. Um, yeah. The left has taken over the, uh, the academic world uh, of, of undergraduate universities and graduate programs in the United States and has been doing that since about the early 1950s. And 
you know, so we have really parallel realities going on. There's the one that everybody sees, and then, in my yep. humble opinion, there is the reality reality, which uh, most Americans won't believe yep. because they don't want to believe it could be as bad as it really is. And the one thing we've got going, we have basically three things going for us. Number one, we have God going for us, whether they like it or not. Absolutely. Amen. And and number two, we have Donald Trump going for us. And number three, three, we have the 80 or 90 million of us that still believe uh, in the Second Amendment and are packing. And uh, uh, in the words of uh, Charlton Heston, from my cold, dead hands. And uh, and that's. That's where the, the, I have many friends in special forces and uh, intelligence work that, that consult to my show and my education. Spent over an hour today on the phone with one who's been in all the firefights and the Army Ranger guy. Can't identify him, but I'll, I'll tell you that, that he thinks we're headed for a, an internal conflagration in the United States that uh, could be on the order of a civil war. And you know we and the, and, and and yet you, you look at um, at uh, what the all the crap that's on uh, everywhere uh, nowadays, and then you think about uh, yeah. how Bill O'Reilly got booted off of uh, television because Gretchen Carlson claimed he made a pass at her. Why he would make a pass at her, I have no idea. Uh, she's yeah, in charge of the Miss America contest now. She's she's found a way to turn that into a non-pageant pageant. Uh, and I'm really happy that they've got a lot of 150 IQ women running for that, but they've always had that, but they valued the appeal of women, not in a sexist way, but in a normal, wholesome, heterosexual, straight way, okay? And you can't do that anymore, okay? So what would Phyllis George have done, for example? I don't know, but it's just across the board, and... uh, you know, I, I, I worry about our children and our grandchildren. You know, I've had my life. I've done all the crazy things I've done. Rory, you're in your late 20s, whatever. Uh, you've got a lot of life to live. Uh, we got to jump on this thing. And, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi, we've got all the problems in the country. We've got the th- first three bills. She entertained mm-hmm. in Congress where a, a bill to impeach Clinton or a, a, a President Trump a bill to get rid of the Electoral College, which would essentially render the Republican Party uh, not competitive. And the third one was to give $20 billion to foreign countries and foreign aid. But it's too much to spend $5 billion, which is one half of 1% of the defense budget, to build a barrier at the border. Anyway, I I don't mean to be monopolizing the conversation. I'll shut up and listen, and uh, I'm delighted to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here, and, and stay on because everybody has probably has a lot of questions for you, and we're going to get into some big topics. But, but I, what, what I do want to talk about, and, and I think is really important, is that you know you, we, we bring up the point of the fact, and I, I want to switch topics here shortly, but we bring up the fact that you know the way the entitlement has transformed with with the feminism movement and how it's like they're trying to change history. Uh, It's the same sort of thing with LGBT trying to change the Bible and Christianity. You know, these women in the the feminist movement are trying to, now they're in the Boy Scouts, you know, now they want to be in Uh, male clubs. 
I mean, it's like they can't leave stuff alone, but all of a sudden, it, it's because Trump's in there, it, it, stuff is starting to trigger these people, and whether it's, you know, uh, sh- you know, tearing down statues that have been there for hundreds of years that have no meaning to these people's lives, it de- hasn't affected them, but only when Trump came in, you have all this stuff, and it's absolutely ridiculous. And it, it's yep, just an yep. ongoing thing and an epidemic and nasty uh, narrative that, you know, people are always offended by something, by something. You know, it, it's like it's, it's never a happy medium. Somebody's always got to be bitching. And I'm sick of all the entitlement. People ask me often, what do I think is the biggest problem in this country? I think entitlement is. I think entitlement is the biggest problem in this country, one of them, and the, the, at least one of the top ones. But I, I sure. think it, entitlement fa- factors into so many different things. Um, Dan, I want to go to you. I know you have a lot of thoughts. Dan? Thank you. I'm here. Thank you. Um, I was just kind of sitting back and listening to my friend, uh, Mr. Bellows, uh, Bellow. And uh I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. I was I was trying to perk up to Mr. Perkins and uh uh forget I I'm gonna lose that war. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> Not a problem. Um bad pun. It, it it's really a um a, a situation where um the idea that um um I had a situation happen this week that that I still am still trying to figure out. Um, I was talking to a, a good friend of probably one of my wife's better best friends. We were talking about um, um, Dr. Farrell's book on the, the boy crisis, crisis, and and I was talking to her about some things about uh, relative to what's going on in healthcare for men. And, uh, there was a story that Dr. Farrell had in his book about, uh, two young people in college were were seriously contemplating what did they, what kind of a relationship were they going to have? Um, and, and, and the question always led to, uh, what, what kind of sexual relationship are we going to have? And so she decided that she needed to to go to the women's health clinic and um, and try and find out about birth control and what was the most appropriate thing. And she went there and uh, they got together after her appointment and she talked about how she had had a complete medical history was taken and they did uh, um, mammograms and they they gave her free health free um, contraceptives and um, put her in contact with uh, how to get a hold of the uh, the, the Planned Parenthood in case she might get pregnant. And when she turned to him and said, and so what did you find at the men's health center? And his response was, there wasn't one. Wow. Uh, and when I told that to this woman, she said, well, you know, it's only fair that we get paid because we were spending so much of our government money paying for your Viagra. And I let it pass, uh, but there is there is um, there 
there there are a number of women in this country who um for lack of a better description, Roy, hate men. And I yeah. I, I I still have in my the back of my mind two women who were on the podium the day after at the women's march. One was Madonna and the other one was oh, yeah. Ashley Ashley Judd. Ashley and Judd. Ashley Judd was she 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 talked about being an angry woman. And yeah. uh and Madonna said I've been th- quote I've been thinking a lot about blowing up the White House. Yeah, thinking a lot about blowing up the White House. Um, and let's there's not something forget- fun- Oh, continue, continue. I was going to make a point about that, but continue. Sorry. We just said that there there are things that are going on that that defy, in my opinion, defy reason. And when when and and I'm not trying to get on a soapbox for Dr. Farrell. Uh, as I said to to Roy some time ago, this particular man, I've had an opportunity to interview him three times uh, about his book. I've read it. Twice, listen to it on audiobook. Once, I I am I was shocked um, about the way that men are being treated. But you know, I've come to this conclusion: um, we may be the killers that have to go to war to protect the country, but when we're home, we're very passive, and. Uh, and the 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 whole women's movement, the Me Too movement, and the the falsities, and and the way I think the thing that solidified for me more than anything else was the way Judge Kavanaugh was treated by the Democratic women on the Judiciary right. Committee. The idea that the senior senator, yeah. the senior senator from Hawaii, would say to him. Uh, or about him, he, he's a white male and he doesn't have any rights. Yeah, can you – and Dan, can, can you imagine if a white person said that to somebody of an, a, a different skin color? Yeah, I can imagine I can imagine that, and I can imagine the outrage that would happen. Um, sure, I can imagine that. But, uh, but – but I, I don't know. I really don't know. And, and I would say I would like to ask Valerie. Um, where where do you think, or do you think? I shouldn't be so presumptuous. Where did the women's movement turn ugly? Why did they do that? Do you have any thoughts, Valerie? I think some of it has to do with multiculturalism and identity politics and putting people in boxes because we don't look at people as individuals anymore. We look at them as groups. And I resent it because I am a woman that doesn't fit in the women's movement. And, you know, I'm a conservative that likes Trump. So I don't, I'm a Jewish person who's conservative. Like everything about me doesn't fit in any box. (laughs) And, and I think that, our country needs to get back to understanding that we're all individuals and, and we should be treated that way and not treated as, 
a something of a, a member of a group, but as all of us yeah. are Americans and we all yeah. are trying to make our country better, not because we belong to this group or that group or this multicultural, you know, any kind of organization or any right. kind of my name on something other than I am an individual that's an American. Right. And, well, yeah, and, and I, let, let's face let's face the facts real quick, though. You know, feminism when it first started, it was it was made and originated for a good purpose. But the way it has became hostile and uh, it's turned into like a terrorism, uh, you know, situation. I mean, it, it's not what it used to be. And I and I want to say this last thing about the, the woman like Ashley Judd and Madonna. They're the biggest hypocrites in the world because they slept their way to the top. They've spread their legs for many different men to get ahead. <laughs> And they want to talk about women's rights and how they're anti-male? Give me a break. But go ahead, Dan. Sorry. Can I make a quick comment there? Uh, we talked about her blowing up the White House. The only thing that's blowing up on her is the fact she spent $50,000 to have a larger butt put on her. I don't know if you know that or not. She had a <laughs> rear-end glute job, so she looked more like Kim Kardashian. That is a fact. It's hard. It's bizarre. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's beyond comprehension, and you can look it up, and as as, uh, someone once said, and there it is. There's Madonna, all 102 pounds of her with a butt that weighs 38 pounds. uh, (laughs) But I guess it is detachable under certain circumstances. So let me me ask. ask. Dan, continue. I just wanted to ask Clint. I thought that was a pretty good line, by the way. Did I answer your question, I want to ask Clint. I, I have a question of both you and Clint. Maybe you can help me. I'm, I'm having a, a, a brain fart. Um, I want to say it was 1972, but I could easily be wrong. But there was clearly a decision on the part of the Democratic Party to abandon white males in favor of, as, as Valerie was talking about, groups and constituencies. Blacks and Hispanics and and women yeah. and gays and lesbians and whatever. They, I yeah. think it was '72, but I I could be wrong. But I wonder if that's when it turned, is when they decided to abandon white and in many cases white people uh, right. to build a uh, a circus, a menagerie of of minorities and special interest groups. Uh, under the umbrella of the Democratic Party. Do, do either of you have a Yeah, I'd like to take a shot at that after Valerie. I, uh, forgive me for being... Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, I'm quite chivalrous, Valerie, so I would, I would, I would stand aside uh, looks before age, uh, and, and, and you could go first, or I could expose my ignorance and take a run at that uh, either <laughs> I'm way. I'm glad so, there's uh, still chivalry. It's not dead. Well, then I, I must say... I actually appreciate chivalry. I already like you, and I haven't even seen you yet, so forgive me. I know I'm not supposed to express that. I like Dan, too, but in a different way. Anyway, yeah, uh, I might have to sue you for that. I don't know. No, <laughs> please. Uh, uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, let's, let's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm an attorney as well, so you can take my deposition. I'll take yours. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think the whole thing really started um, as, as a reaction to uh, the war in Vietnam, in a sense. Pardon me, we blame that for a lot of different things, but that did cause a sea change on American college campuses. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people got mm-hmm. out of uh, 
school, uh, people that wanted to make money went to business school or went into the world of enterprise, uh, or in some cases, law or medicine. Uh, others who had a more idealistic bent, whatever, went uh, toward, um, frankly, journalism at places like the University of Missouri and other schools, which are fine yeah. schools. And uh, mm-hmm. the, the movement began to turn. And to me, uh, 1968, uh, Dan, when we had the blow up in Chicago and the assassination of Mr. Kennedy and Dr. King, uh, at, at that point in time, it seemed to me we began the process of what Valerie was talking about, which is we started to divide the crowd, which is another Alinskyite uh, tactic, strategy, really. Uh, you put everybody in different categories, and then you create differences between them. So they can all argue amongst themselves, and the only thing they can all agree on is that they hate conservatives. And, uh, of course, then we had Mr. Nixon, who, who uh, won a big vic. Well, actually, he, uh, you know, we had George Wallace in that particular race, and he was kind of the Ross Perot before his time. Uh, Hubert Humphrey was running with uh, Lyndon Johnson's Lost War hanging all over him. Nixon won. I got to know Nixon quite well later when I was in California, and we used to do political events uh, back in the 80s at the Western White House. And I can tell you Nixon was not at all like he's portrayed in the press. And uh, I and know. So, and, and I've been saying I've been saying that for so long, too. You know, Obama did a hundred a million times worse than what Nixon could have ever done. And they, they babied Obama. Well, we know, for example, because we've got his grades, that Nixon did graduate from Whittier College and from Duke Law School. I will pay $1,000 to anybody tonight who can give me – I don't care about the birth certificate. I don't care where he was born. I want to see his college transcript from Columbia University Undergraduate School and Harvard Law School. Yeah. Okay? You you can't get them, and you can't get hers either, and I'm talking about Michelle – uh, You're talking about Michael, the, the transvestite Obama, Mike, Michael Robinson. Well, that's a terrible thing to say, and she was not a middle linebacker. She was an outside linebacker, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I, it, it's late. It's been a long day. Uh, but, you know, she's right. She wrote a book called Becoming, and the question, Dan, as an author, is what is she becoming? Yeah, I wish she'd become it, whatever it is. Uh, they got a $65 million book advance from a French company that masquerades as Penguin Publishing. But the whole movement started. And, of course, then, you know, when Nixon met his fate, and he really needed to break into the Watergate. The reason he broke into Watergate, at least from my experience and the people I know, is because he was convinced that his opponent in 1972 was going to be Ted Kennedy, and he had a paranoid uh, attitude about the Kennedys because he had lost a very contested election in 60, if you all recall that. Some people believe Kennedy stole the election. He was convinced that Kennedy was going to be the nominee and they'd do it again. He wanted to know what was in, he knew about it all along, okay? He wanted to know what was in that headquarters. He didn't know that Kennedy was going to end up at Chappaquiddick and, and that, that basically the opponent was going to be George McGovern. And he was going to take 49 out of 50 states and crush McGovern and uh, with the biggest electoral uh, college victory in history to that time. And that within a year and a half after he had uh, taken over in 1973 in August, early August of 74, he would have to resign the presidency because guys like Barry Goldwater, who was in a sense, he is one of my political conservative uh, heroes, 
uh, he did not defend Richard Nixon. They let him go. And, uh, yeah. and then we had, we had the Gerald Ford ignorant And then we brought in this, this hick from Georgia. Okay. And he went to Iowa and lived there for a year. And, uh, he went to every little town in Iowa and he got, he won the Iowa caucus, Dan, you remember that. And, uh, yep. and then he ran the table, got the nomination and, uh, and he, you know, he defeated, uh, uh, Mr. Ford when Mr. Ford denied that the Soviets, uh, were occupying Hungary, Poland and uh, Czechoslovakia and Albania. And of course, having lived in all those places, I can tell you that they in fact did. And, uh, I mean, so they gave the election to Carter, but by the time Carter left, we were so sick of Carter and 21% interest rates and gas lines and having helicopters crash in the desert and hostages. Ronald Reagan has been the one ray of sunshine in the last 50 friggin' years. I'm sorry. Okay. And, uh, so that's my take, Dan. I, 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 and, and, and. Clint, you have so many. You have so many stories, Clint. I tell you, you have so many stories. I love it. But I, a few things I want to ask you, and then so many people want to ask you stuff. And I got. Uh, I'm going to introduce my next guest, but I want to keep you on. Um, but <clears throat> here's something very interesting. First of all, do you think, you know, you brought up, you know, Jim, Jim, Jimmy Carter, and you know, and we all know he was a peanut farm owner, and. You know, the, the, right. the whole thing, I think his election was a hoax. It was a joke. And, but you brought up Chappaquiddick, and I don't want to get too off topic here, but I saw the movie recently. I know the story. Teddy Kennedy, you know, they covered it up. They protected him. He didn't report the incident until nine hours after he drove the car in the water or whatever it was. He was But do you think car. he would have been president? Do you think he would have been president had yeah, that not Yeah, I do. Happened? I think he would have been president, and he wasn't in the car, but that's a subject for another night. He was not in the car, okay? He was never in the car. He was never in the water. I'll tell you that one some other time. I got to know him a little well, bit. Well, yeah, and, that, uh, and that's, another, people, that's another thing uh, that's interesting because there's been so many different theories saying that he was never in the car. He was never in He was in never it. in like, the car. They to- yeah. So he what, told her, to right, well, that's another story, but all I can tell you is Nixon got sucked into Watergate by his fear of the Kennedys, and after he got hosed, uh, in 60, and I believe he won that election. He lost by less than one-tenth of one percent of a vote in the, uh, yeah. across every precinct of the United States. Dan and I are old enough to remember this, Valerie. I doubt if you are. But, uh, you, yeah. know, uh, you know, so, so there you go. And, and the other thing I'll tell you, I, heard, I learned today again from some people in Washington that are involved. In, and by the way, there's a fellow from Omaha by the name of Seth Rich, a young guy who worked for the Democratic National Committee. Yep. And he was coming forward with the idea that uh, Bernie Sanders was the real winner of the Democratic nomination. And of course, Podesta and uh, what's that gal from Florida uh, who was a DNC head with Prissy here at the time? Wasserman Schultz, okay. They couldn't have a guy that looked like he slept in his car and took two honeymoons to uh, Moscow win the nomination. Okay, so they create this super delegate farce, and she beat him on super delegates. He actually had more, yeah. a very comparable number of delegates. So I, they yeah. put three in Sean in this guy's back, and uh, you know they didn't yeah. take his watch, they didn't take his wallet, they didn't take his laptop. They smashed his. Yeah. Uh, they smashed his laptop. They didn't take a cell phone, yeah. and it's a close yeah. investigation. The Washington Police Department yeah. says it was a it was a a, a, a robbery. Okay, and yeah. it's, it's officially closed. His parents don't want to talk about it. 
And I'm telling you, they killed this kid, okay? Oh, and of course. it bothers me. He I, I went do, to my high school. Of course, of course uh, they did. Uh, stay, stay, stay on. I, I want to transition topics. Um, I, I want to get my thought, uh, feedback from some of my uh, guests on the line, then I need to introduce my next guest. But let, let, and stay on the line too, Clint. But let, let, let me t- ask you this and tell you this, that Vince Foster, Seth Rich, all these different people, bullets in the back of the head, and, you know, it, it's, we know the Clintons are responsible. And the fact that it's laughed off by the liberal media that the Clintons, uh, you know, they say the Clintons are these innocent people, it's a joke. We all know the Clintons have so much power, and we're going to get into this as well. Uh, they were behind the whole FISA abuse. You know, they, they were ho- behind the, the putting out the Russia hoax uh, against Trump. I mean, we're going to get into that here shortly. But, I mean, there's so many things we got to talk about. But, uh, Josh, I haven't heard from you in a while. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm very much intrigued with the talk, that you know, the stuff you're saying uh, about Nixon. I, I've always said um, somebody once asked me why there was so much, you know, dislike for the government kind of that came from, or maybe not dislike, but distrust from a lot of people in regards to the government. And uh, my answer for that, in my opinion, was during the, during Watergate, the American people, I think, because of the way the media portrayed the whole situation, lost trust in the government. It seems like before that, there wasn't as much uh, you know, the government was trusted a lot more. The presidency was a higher regarded office. Um, you know, I, I wanted I wanted to get your take on that to see if you would if you would agree with that, if you would push back on that, or what what would be your opinion on Can that? Can I make a quick comment on that, and then I'll shut up and get off the line and let others on? And I, Dan well, Perkins. The question said, was directed uh, towards you, so. Well, here's my answer to that. Uh, ben Graham, <clears throat> and, uh, uh, his his uh, his wife, uh, Mrs. Graham. Uh, and then the editor of the Washington Post in those days was a guy named Ben Bradley. Okay, he eventually married a liberal newswoman named Sally Quinn. Ben Bradley was the best, I'm talking best friend with John F. Kennedy. Okay, Ben Bradley hated Richard Nixon. Okay, right. they put these two cub reporters on this thing, and they invented this whole deep throat thing, the whole thing. The whole they carried that as a headline on the front of the Washington Post for I don't know how many weeks in a row, every single day of the week, without virtually no proof is what I'm getting at. Uh, Nixon was the victim of his own paranoia and and the the false narrative that the press had built about him. And if if I could just end with one more comment, uh, Josh, because you make a very what what caused us to lose uh, confidence in the in the government. Nixon went after a guy by the name of uh, Alger Hiss, who was in the State Department in the 1950s and was a communist, okay? And there was a fellow by the name of Whitaker Chambers, who was a hack journalist who reported that. Nixon picked up on that, and uh, and, uh, during the McCarthy era, of course, McCarthy has been uh, absolutely denigrated by everybody, but the truth of the matter is the State Department was crawling with communists at the end of World War II. And if you want to read about that, find yourself a book called Philby, P-H-I-L-B-Y, okay, who came out of Oxford University along with the other part of the Oxford Five. They were turned by the Soviet Union 
they were running American uh, 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 interface with the CIA. Shelby was actually a double agent telling everybody in Moscow everything he was learning out in uh, Fairfax, Virginia. Okay. So you had a whole situation set up there where Nixon was on to something, but because he had a weird-looking nose and he wasn't particularly attractive, and uh, people forget that uh, he was seriously injured in a freak car accident two weeks before the election or before the first debate with Jack Kennedy, and he barely was a, he had an infection in his knee. He was barely able to show up. Kennedy had spent two weeks down in Palm Beach at his old man's house getting his Addison's disease uh, worked on and uh, getting some sun. And, uh, you know, his old man ran RKO Studio. They knew how to put on a, a, a theatrical event. And Kennedy looked like a million bucks. Nixon looked bad. People that listened to it on the radio overwhelmingly said Nixon won. People that watched it overwhelmingly said Kennedy won. It was the age of television. And, uh, and we've been going based on looks ever since. You know, it was like when... Uh, you know, the the old joke about what was the difference between uh, Gary Hart and Jimmy Carter, you know. And, um, you know, uh, Jimmy Carter said that he lusted in a Playboy interview He when he was running. He said, I lust for women in my heart. Gary Hart was later questioned and said, I lust for women in my, my blank, blank, blank me, uh, Jimmy. So anyway, uh, that was just a – pardon me. I'm being a little uh, off color tonight. I apologize. I love it. I love uh, but, it, man. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's these things are, uh, you know, there's so many books out there and, and uh, the left is really running out of bullets when they when they come to the table and they accuse without any proof, Dan Perkins, they approve, they, they accuse the president of the United States of being a Russian spy and you write spy novels. OK. Uh, and intelligence work. Uh, they have yeah. nothing on this guy, and uh, it's it's a, uh, it's a it's an investigation in, in terms of a crime, and uh, I'm just so honored to be on the program with all of you, and uh, uh, I told you more than I know, and I, I look forward to being invited back sometime, Rory. Thank you very much. Yeah, and Clint, if, if you have a few minutes, we're going to talk about the government shutdown if you want to stick around. It's one of the I'll biggest stick headlines for a while. Right I, I, I'll stick around for a while. I, I, I want to hear what others have to say, but that's my take. Have we lost faith okay. in the government? Yeah, I, I think yeah, we have. I, I, I want I to introduce – oh, sorry? I'm done. Okay, Dan, you have the, I, want, I know you have a response. Go ahead, Dan. Well, I, I think Josh raises a great question, and, and I, I would say that um, – Certainly, uh, I would I would agree with what Clint is saying, but I, I would I would look at it as as a a crumbling, if you would, Josh, of of confidence in the government because the first deterioration was the Vietnam War, and when we found out that the government was lying to us about a lot of facets of the Vietnam War, and the, we had the protest and and we, we, we had come through the Second World War working together as a nation to defeat Hitler and, and Mussolini and, and, and the Japanese. And so we believed our government. We believed Roosevelt. We believed Truman and Eisenhower. But Vietnam created a problem. It, 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 it affected our confidence and our belief in each other. And then when you had Nixon 
um, who I've been a member of Trey I'm not a crook. Um, a lot of people believe he was a crook because the media. So the media brought the media brought war in real time, or almost right. real time, into our yep. living rooms. The Kennedy assassination brought death and destruction in our living rooms, and then the Nixon and the Watergate scandal brought corruption in the government back again. So I think that the way the government has operated after the Second World War, there are major situations that have have destroyed the and deteriorated the confidence and the belief. And what's coming out now about the way the FBI, the leadership of the FBI and the Justice Department, uh, is another... Uh, another attack on the American people's belief in the integrity and the honesty of their government. And it's, it, it's another one of those stones that, that hits us hard. And so I, I think that that's why we have such division. Some people think the government should lie to us because they, they should, they should have the right to decide what we should do. And, and and if I could just throw in there, we had yesterday the Brexit vote, uh, and it was the worst defeat of a prime minister in the history of the country. But, but more, important that, more important than that is that there were parallels. I remember listening to the Brexit vote on the BBC and, and listening to it on radio, not on television. Uh, at the same time, at the same time, Donald Trump was running for the nomination, saying many of the things. And here we have, two years later, two years later, the will of the people has been usurped by the elites in England, much like the elites in Washington and the in the deep state are trying to overturn the results of what the majority of people wanted in 2016. Very scary times. Very, very scary stuff. And, and, and I do need to go to a quick commercial break here in a second. But before we introduce our next guest, and Clint, stay on. Um, in case you're just joining us, everybody, we've been talking to Clint Bellows, one of the most popular uh, radio show talk, one of the most popular talk show radio hosts, guys in the nation. And he's also heard in international countries as well. He's interviewed everyone, every presidential candidate. For so many years, and pretty much every politician, and he's worked with some of the, the biggest names in D.C., so very excited to have him here. Um, but, Josh, uh, your final thoughts on what we were just saying. Yeah, you know, I think, it's, I think all that's very interesting, uh, and I would agree that the Vietnam War uh, probably was the thing that really swayed the way that people uh, thought, you know, thought about the government, and, uh, you know, it's just I will say, you know, from, from Dan and Clint, it's been a lot of stuff that isn't talked about very often and, uh, you know, raises, uh, raises a lot of good questions and, uh, and intrigue. Absolutely. One hey, Valerie, I'll go ahead, Valerie, real quick. About that. Um, yeah. I agree with everything about the Vietnam War and all of that, but um, I think eight years of Reagan brought back all of the right. negative, you know, he, he, he brought back patriotism and he brought back 
honesty Amen. in government and yep. and being proud of who we are and nationalism. And I think that where we are today is less of a result of, of Vietnam and more of a result of Obama. Um, because I think we were in really good shape yep. for those eight years um, when yep. Ronald Reagan yep. was president. And then the entire, you know, um, attitude changed when Obama came in and we started going the opposite direction. And that's why I'm so happy that Trump is here now because I think he's reversing and we're going back to where, um, you know, back to the ideals of um, um, of Reagan and also who was uh, Barry Goldwater. Um, you know, they, those two had the, had the very conservative attitude, and I think that Trump is ending up being a lot more conservative than he ran and a lot more conservative than I think people expected, and it's doing our country good. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Very well said. We're going to go to a quick commercial 30-second break, and we'll be right back to introduce our special guest. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Be sure to visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com. Again, that's thedonaldjtrumpstore.com. It's your one-stop shop for all your fancy, customized, and creative Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find these products anywhere else. Best part of all is that the products are all built right here in the USA. Um, be sure to type in promo code MTGA for 15% off your first order. Um, God bless you. God bless America. Cheers, everybody. We are back, and I do want to introduce our next guest. Uh, first of all, economist, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, writer for Town Hall, Newsmax, LiveZet, and a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey, Dr. Michael Bussler. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Rory. How are you doing? It's my pleasure to be here. I was listening to this well, conversation, uh, especially yeah. uh, the uh, how uh, Clint very eloquently recalled all of that history, most of which uh, most of which I remember. Um, but I also agree with Valerie that um, I think Reagan kind of brought us back together. And after Reagan, uh, we still had some problems of the Democrats and Republicans not getting along in, in Congress. They used to use the term gridlock. They would just would say that Congress is in uh, gridlock, but still uh, progress was made. You know, uh, uh, Clinton, uh, President Clinton working with Newt Gingrich got uh, a lot done. Um, and, uh, you know, through the Bush era, I don't think there was a whole lot of division uh, either. Um, but I think Valerie's right. When uh, President Obama came into office, I think it started when um, – Obama had a majority in the House of Representatives, and then when yep. Arlen Specter, Pennsylvania senator, switched parties from Dem uh, Republican right. to Democrat, he had a supermajority in the Senate, and he said, look, I can get things passed. I don't need any Republicans. Uh, so as a result, he really didn't seek any of their advice. I remember the one time he had a uh, discussion, John McCain, uh, who had just lost the election to him, was uh, – in the room, McCain offered him offered some yeah. suggestions, and yeah. Obama poo-pooed them and said, "Look, I won the election, John, so this yeah. is the way it's going to be." And when he pushed that through, uh, I think pushing um, the Affordable Care Act through the way he did uh, really yeah. uh, started the division. And I think that's uh, Obama simply built on it 
mostly the way everybody has just been talking about it, how they put people into groups and divided and uh, started yeah. arguments between them. All, all that's true. Um, and now President Trump's got uh, a heck of a mess on his hands to try to fix all this and, and, and uh, bring the country back together. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. The way they put people in boxes, and like we were talking about earlier, uh, you, know, you know, you have all these different things. And even the liberal, very liberal Washington Post admitted the other day that Trump's economy is helping minorities and helping women. And, and you know yeah. – it's all coming out. The truth is coming out. You know, the, the, the victim stance and the oppression from the left that, that they fake and, and then their narrative that they come off as so phony and they portray, it's not flying anymore. More and more people are waking up to, to, to the garbage, to, to you know, yeah. what, and they're realizing everything Trump is doing is for America. It's, it's for the right thing. It's not about party. It's about policy. And, you know, I, I want to get into a huge topic, and I, I want to introduce our, our other guest on the line right now. He is a very popular guy, and uh, he actually just invaded Nancy Pelosi's house uh, yesterday with uh, Laura Loomer, and uh, they made viral news. They were all over the headlines. Um, t- popular talk show host, entrepreneur, political activist, and freedom fighter, Will Johnson. How are you, my friend? Hey, thank you for having me, Rory. And just to be clear, uh, it wasn't yesterday. I know I was supposed to come on with you yesterday, but I got tied up. Yeah, I got some personal things going on. It's crazy. I know the days are going crazy. But, yeah, it was Monday. Um, yeah. yeah, I went to Nancy Pelosi's house. We uh, got some illegals, and we uh, went <laughs> over the wall, the little three-foot wall of Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> vineyard, multi-million-dollar vineyard, with these illegals. And we're just having a good time, and you know, I streamed it all on Periscope and YouTube. Wow. And they they end up they end up calling Nancy Pelosi about us being there. So it, it was it was it was something else. It was completely crazy. Now, the difference is is that conservatives need to stand up and they need to make themselves known. Not but not not by doing it violently. Not like Antifa did when they went to. Tucker Carlson's house, vandalized her home or anything. We didn't vandalize her home at all. We were just there with some illegals proving the point. And you know, the yep. biggest thing was is that people people were saying that you just proved that walls don't work. No, you just proved that liberals <laughs> think of three-foot wall is the same thing as a 30-foot wall. That's the reality these liberals live in. And it's so sickening and maddening to me that they are willing to allow criminals to just come across the border and hurt American citizens. They don't want protection for us. You know, and you always hear the the left always talking about walls don't work. We don't need walls. Walls do work. I encourage all of these leftist liberals to go up to these prisons and say, no walls, no safety, no no USA at all. I I encourage them to go say that. You know, they're not going to do that because the walls at these prisons work. You know, it's not Amen. that we want to keep good people from going anyplace. We want to keep bad people out. It's just it's just maddening. And you know what? And yes, when we were there, see, I'm about to say it too. When we were there Monday, um, I was we were live, and I said that Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the Democrats and everyone else, they deserve safety. But so do we. We're the American people that live out here in the real world. 
we deserve Amen. safety and security as well. When is well, how come our safety is not you know important to them? I don't get it. And I'm not saying you know I'm not no scholar. I'm not you know I'm not I didn't go to Ivy League school and I can figure this out. How, how many brain cells do you need to figure it out? I mean, you have to have different measures of security, and wall is one of them. So if they get past the first measure of security, then they got the wall. If they get past that one, then we have drones. If they get past that, we have border patrol. Yeah, and and, and President Trump made the best point the other day. You know, this is about what's doing what's right. It's not about policy or party or partisanship. And, you know, this is about policy. And we've seen Donald Trump ever since he's been elected that, you know, he's not – I mean, yes, he's way more on the conservative side, but he's also for what's doing what's right. He's all about policy. And I'm not going to lie, you know, there has been in the past some decent bipartisan, uh, you, know, le- le- you know, legislations put on the table. Um, but not, not, you know, not, not a lot, but there, there's rare occurrences. But, you know, Trump, Trump uh, obviously is going to have to work with, with um, – with the Democrats, you know, and negotiate like he's good at, but he's not going to cave. You know, this, this government shutdown will go as long as needed. And we're, we're now on day, what, 20, I think it's 26, day 26. And, uh, exactly. yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll just keep going. Yeah, and you know, they have to, you know, here's the thing. They have to come to the table sooner or later because, you know, Trump can declare a state of emergency, He's not doing that right now because he's giving them a chance to do the right thing and negotiate and come to the table with something that is fair and something that will get his border wall. He could also go to defense spending. Um, and and <clears throat> also, uh, you know, I, I'm not – I'm going to say this is kind of somewhat off topic, but it, it's in regards to the wall. The guy named Brian Colfage, the guy that's doing We Fund the Wall, you know, I, I, I respect him. I respect his service. I think, you know, he's a, a patriot to America for serving in our military. But, you know, if he read the rules and he understands uh, the legality of, of what he's trying to do, uh, there's no way in hell that that will ever be approved. He's basically trying to get donations, and he knows the rules. I mean, Congress has to approve all any sort of gifts, and they can't even take them, quite frankly. So, you know, this whole You're right. Thing I've, I've had, me, I've talked, yeah. I've, talked, oh, I've had ahead, multiple conversations with different, I've had multiple conversations with people saying that, you know, because I've talked to other people in the past who take donations yeah. for the wall, and they end yeah. up getting a visit at their home telling them to take it down. But he's raised over, what, $18 million, I think, the last time I looked. And yeah. if that was the case, why would – and my point is, I said, if that was the case, why wouldn't President Trump just simply go on Twitter or do, like, a video saying, hey, American people, I'm opening yeah. up a GoFundMe, send me your money here so we can build a wall. Yeah. People would do it. Yeah. But, see, Trump doesn't yeah. do that. And, and here, here's the problem, you know, and, and I, I don't say this – I'm not trying to say this in a mean way, but I really think this – you know, this guy, in a sense, Brian Cole, Colfage, is looking for 15 minutes of fame because he knows, 
you know, he's not going to raise that money. He's not going to raise over a billion dollars with a B. Second of all, he knows that money can't be accepted, and it would never be accepted because it has to go through Congress, and Trump won't take that money. Even, even, you know, even if Trump could some, sign some sort of order, he, would, he, he wouldn't be able to. And these people uh, with the weep on the wall would never be able to get it passed through the government. I mean, they're going through government land. They think they can privately fund. They're ridiculous. And, and the fact that he's leading Trump supporters on is Brian Colfage. It, it upsets me. It upsets me because I'm a realist. You know, I wanted the wall from day one. I've been a Trump supporter since day one. But I also talk with sense. You know, I don't talk with fantasy land, you know, gibberish. I, I'm not saying this guy doesn't have good intentions. Uh, and, and, and good, Corey, can I ask you, know you a question? I mean? but, May I ask you a question? Yeah. May I ask Will a question? Uh, I'm cutting in here again. I'm sorry, but, you know, a, a, a basic business tactic would simply be to change the terms of the agreement and set up a fund GoFundMe project for a humanitarian purpose of sending all the poor children and families who have been extorted to bring them from Ecuador, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Colombia, wherever they've come from. We could, we could transfer that. We could make a private foundational gift to the Mexican government or whoever to send those trains back and get those people back to where they want to be. And then we could give another five to 10 million to positions without borders to be down there at airports and in public places to treat the illnesses of these people when they get back yeah. to their native countries. It doesn't have to be about the wall. If that's against the law, fine. Change the terms of the deal. You may very well be right, Rory. This may be a little bit of an ego trip, uh, but uh, there, there's a way to I get the money without. I just think it's without... so far-fetched tonight. I, I think, you know, if anybody reads the rules, they'd know that this would never, I mean, not only, I mean, I, I really don't think he's going to get, you know, over a billion with a B dollars like he's asking for. And second of all, he, there's no way this would ever get approved. I mean, it's like a pipe dream. This has to come from Trump himself. You know, Trump has to either declare a state of emergency, go to defense spending money, or make a deal with the Democrats. Three options. There's three options right there. I think there's two. You know, you said, yeah, you know, you said one thing, and let me make sure I'm clear that I don't, for one second, believe Trump is God or anything like that. But you know, God even dealt with the devil because when the the Satan wanted to do things to us, he had to go ask for permission. So right. it's almost the same way here that Trump is dealing with these devils to try to protect mm-hmm. the American people, but they don't want to. So. I'm, there is a connection between good and evil, and we're seeing it mm-hmm. firsthand. Yeah. And the Democrat, and even Trump said the Democrats could resolve this government shutdown in 15 minutes. All they have to do is come to the table and make a deal with them. But they don't want to. They don't want. They were all for the wall for all these years, but all of a sudden, because it's going to be a Trump win and a Trump gain, they're saying no, no, no. Yeah, we all know this is politics. 100%. Yeah, Rory, it's 100% politics. Rory, you know, yeah. I was kind of curious to ask everybody on the call that would be willing to give an answer. If Trump declared an, uh, you know, a national emergency, do you think that – Do you think how, how fast do you think a judge would strike that down? Because I'm, I'm pretty I think, sure that here, here's judges. A quick, here's the in, thing right I, now. There are already more caravans heading to the United States. There are record highs of family crossings 
in last month and in the month of December at all-time highs. I mean, we are dealing with a very severe crisis. This is no joke. But I, I don't know what a judge can do, but I'm pretty sure uh, Trump has the ultimate authority, just like past presidents, to declare a state of emergency. Anybody, please correct me if I'm wrong. He can declare a state of martial law, and that oversees the judicial process. Uh, and that comes from 45 years ago in law school when we were talking about these things as though they were hypotheticals. They're not hypothetical anymore. How many times did Barack Obama use an executive order to do outrageous things? Can anybody here remember Fast and Furious? Did that yep. pass? Yep, Eric oh, Holder. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, Eric the Withholder, okay. And uh, uh, he's going to run for president in 2020 with uh, – with Anthony Weiner and uh, Anthony Weiner, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're going to have the Weiner holder ticket. Should be a big hit. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just it's late, and uh, I just you know I'm so sick of hearing about these people. Uh, and I, I got a great group on here, and uh, you know it's not Dole Kemp or uh, Goldwater Miller, but we'll settle for Weiner holder, and uh, we'll see what that takes. But you know, anyway. Delighted to be with you tonight, uh, Rory, and, uh, yeah. um, and uh, my pleasure, and uh, look forward to it again in the future. And, Dan, thank you, and Valerie, and, and uh, Josh, and all the and, other and, guests. It's, uh, Clint, well, it's been Clint, great. What do you see? Clint, you're, you're a great predictor. You know, you, you've lived a life. You've been around for a long time. Where do you see this government yeah. shutdown going? You're a betting man. You know, if you were a betting man, where do, what do you see the ultimate uh, conclusion being? Well, I think if you and uh, I, I'd be curious what Dan uh, Perkins thinks about this as well, and Valerie. Uh, but you know, um, the essence of it really is that a, a vast majority of the government stays open during these things, and in fact, they've even opened the bathrooms at national parks so people can drive through and have a place to relieve themselves. Uh, Trump has done everything he can to make it as unonerous, if you will, upon the people that are involved. I talked to a woman tonight on the phone who's a government person, and uh, she works for the NSA, okay? And uh, yep. she uh, hasn't been affected yet, but there are people there that have. They're making $190,000 a year. And uh, yep. as a government employee, by the way, the average government employee is 109. I think that's the median salary, okay, which is ridiculous. Yep. Uh, and, uh, but at a, at a buck 90, uh, they will yeah. still get their paychecks. They'll take a two-week vacation or three weeks or whatever it yeah. ends up being, and then they'll go back and they'll be paid. Uh, this is a this is a dredged-up controversy. But if the president caves, right. Dan Perkins, don't you see some risk to him politically? Because in 2020, Absolutely. what will the Democrats come back and say? He couldn't get his wall thing passed, and he gave up on it. He, he was cannot. like Bush. Yeah, he is like yeah, George uh, forty-one. You were talking about TSA a second ago, and I want to let you finish your thought, but there was a report yesterday that somebody brought a gun on board. TSA is not even doing their job uh, for, you know, seriously or taking it seriously because they're not getting paid. But uh, continue, sorry. Well, you know, I, I mean, and I don't, I don't mean to be monopolizing the discussion here. I'm just making kind of a final comment. I've got a breakfast I have to speak to tomorrow, but um, – um, my my take on it is that, and I wanted to ask Dan Perkins this, um, you know, if in fact, 
you remember that during the Reagan era, Reagan agreed to the amnesty thing brought forward by the Democrats with the understanding being that there were certain requirements, uh, a fait accompli, uh, you know, a quid pro quo, if you would, things that they would do for Reagan. After he went forward with amnesty, the Democrats uh, double-crossed him and gave up on all of those things. Do you remember that, Dan? And, uh, you know, Absolutely. So I think, I think, I, 1986. I, yeah. yeah um, exactly. Uh, I, I, I think that it's fair to say uh, and I'll do it for the the, the time savings. Um, it be, it has become very difficult to trust anything that Democrats say because it's it's much like uh, to give you the quick comparison. It's very much like what happened when John Kerry was negotiating the agreement with the Iranians. They would say one thing in the meeting. And then he would come out. the The leader from the for the Iranian delegation would come out and say to the press, "You know, death to Americans. The Americans are worthless. They're not doing anything." Um, you couldn't trust exactly what they said, and exactly. and we could spend hours talking about why is that? It's because they're dealing with infidels. But uh, you can't you can't trust the Democrats that they're honest or sincere because. They have an agenda, and their agenda in this case with with the wall is to say no, and it's it's not about border security, it's not about national security, it's not about the budget. It's all about the Democrats trying to intimidate Ronald Reagan and get him to concede so that they are back in power. Yeah, and look at, you know, Clint, I want to bring this up to, to everybody, and, and before, you, before you go, and, uh, you know, this is a very interesting thing. You know, the Trump, the Trump administration uh, was blocked from a judge uh, the other day uh, for the 2020 census question of who are U.S. Yep. citizens. I mean, this is more and more sketchiness and more and more uh, corruption. It just goes on and on, and this ties into the whole illegal immigration thing. I mean, you, you have Democrat judges turning this down, and it's just disgraceful. It really is. Uh, and not many of those, as Will was saying, uh, were appointed. Guess who was the president when they were appointed to the federal bench? You got it. And, uh, and some of them were there when, uh, even when uh, Bubba was, uh, you know, roaming the halls. Oh, with, with Willie. Um, But, yeah, you know, it's one of those things, though. And, you know, we hear today, which which, which blows anybody's mind, uh, the war uh, in Syria. You know, and I talked about this on my show a few weeks ago, and I want everybody, obviously, to chip in on this one. But uh, I talked on my show a few weeks ago about how pulling out of Syria right now, uh, you know, just when you think it's a good idea, which I'm, I'm all for. Uh, you know, getting out of there. But, you know, when you make those sort of announcements and you do stuff too soon, things can happen. And we saw in Syria that four Americans died. I believe it was today or yesterday. So obviously ISIS uh, is still uh, in effect in some sort of way. And uh, I don't think they ever stop plotting. I think they're always, uh, you know, 
you know, doing different, uh, you know, th- things of, of, plan- of planning. I mean, it's crazy. Can, can I ask a question to everyone on, on the call right now uh, about ISIS yeah. and, you yeah. know, the explosion today? So, you know, I watch CNN and MSNBC just to see what they're going to say about the president and how hateful they are. Well, they're, yeah. they're, the first thing, as soon as they started reporting on this, is that this is basically Trump's fault. You know, everything is Trump's fault that when they can try to blame it on Trump because he said wow. that he was going to pull the troops out of Syria immediately. So they're saying this yeah. is the result of him of him doing that. Now, what I, what I my question is is how come even Fox News is not or at least maybe they have, but I haven't seen it. How come they're not going on there saying that no, this is not a result of President Trump saying what he said? If that was the case. And Trump said that I'm pulling the troops out. Why in the world would they do anything to keep the troops there? See, that's the question why, I want to know. Saying why did they? Why would they keep the troops there? No, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if if ISIS heard that President Trump is going to pull the troops out of Syria, why would ISIS ah. do this just to keep the American troops there? That doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm like sitting there watching. Them. I'm like, how come no one's asking that question? <clears throat> but the liberal media is spinning it that they're only doing this because Trump said he's going to pull the truth out. Mallory, do you remember uh, Mary Madeline by chance? Sure, of course. And her uh, husband. What would, yes, uh, of course, he's a criminal. But, Jim uh, Carville. Uh, uh, well, yeah, uh, he's... Uh, that stunt double and deliverance. But anyway, no, the, the long term, uh, <laughs> what I'm talking about is uh, put Mary Madeline on this and uh, say, okay, uh, you're going to be the communications director and you're going to get the story out. And you're going to get it straight and it's going to come out of one mouth. And uh, mm-hmm. we're not going to have press conferences. We're going to control what we say. We don't have, we don't own press conferences. Uh, Jim Acosta can go, you know, play with himself by the wall for all we care. And uh, the bo- you know, the bottom line on it is, is that uh, uh, Trump is the president of the United States, duly elected by the people, and uh, you know, he still has a majority, uh, pretty much a firewall, Dan, in the United States Senate against impeachment, at least at this point. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you know, you're right. An executive order, you say, this is it. This is what we're doing. We're tired of screwing around. It's 17 and a half years after 9-11, and I don't want to see 3 million instead of 3,000 Americans perish from a nuclear device smuggled across the Mexican border. And I don't think he needs to yeah. say any more than that. People get behind him. I don't know why they don't do that, Will. I, uh, and I think we set mis- mixed messages in Syria, and I think that hurts us. Mattis, one I, I think personally, Personally, I, I think I, this is a, a whole ploy of the deep state with Hillary Clinton, Barack Hussein Obama, and the rest of the Democrats to send somebody crazy to put a bomb on themselves and go into a supermarket and blow it up so they can make it look like ISIS is still in control and they're doing all this crazy stuff to try to make President Trump look bad. Why would they do this crazy stuff to keep the American troops there if he said he's going to pull them out? That doesn't make any yep. sense to me. I mean, if someone's a criminal mind and you know that you're getting ready to rob this bank, why would you wait until – why would you rob it while the cops are still there? Why don't you wait until the cops leave before you rob the bank? 
It doesn't yeah. make any sense how they're spinning it, and they're getting people to believe this craziness. Absolutely. Now, D- Dr. Well said. Clint, Clint, stay, Clint, stay on for a sec, but uh, Dr. Butler, go, go ahead. Well, I I, uh, I pretty much uh, agree. It it it, uh, it certainly doesn't make any sense uh, to pull out of uh, troops out of Syria too quickly. I mean, we've seen um, President Obama made that mistake uh, when he pulled out of Iraq and his uh, failure to negotiate that status of forces uh, agreement, and that led to to ISIS. However, Trump is right that we can't uh, continue to police everywhere in the world. Uh, we pretty much cleaned out ISIS, not completely, and there'll be little cells around, and it only takes, um, you know, one or two people really to, to be a terrorist and have a, a terrorist uh, um, attack. Um, I don't know who was actually behind that. ISIS uh, claims they were. Maybe they were feeling uh, that, look, Trump said he's getting out. Maybe now's a good time uh, to, to try one of these terrorist attacks although there is a, certainly an argument for it may not make sense to do that. <clears throat> but, I mean, Trump, um, you, you know, his, uh, what he wants to do, I find uh, his actions, the actions he wants to take, I find generally I'm in agreement with. Uh, his, his problem is that he's not a politician and he's a business person. Uh, a politician would be very politically correct in the way they phrase things and get the timing exactly right. <clears throat> President Trump is a business person. He tends to be impulsive. He's from Queens and New York City, and the people there tend to be uh, kind of impulsive, and they tend to exaggerate a little bit. Uh, so he's got that personality, and he's a, a business person. And to bring that into politics, <clears throat> I think, is what's causing uh, some some of his uh, problems. Ultimately, every time I question whether I don't think I mean, look, I'm a very strong Trump su- supporter, but there have been times when he does things and I sort of scratch my head and say, I'm, I don't know if I can go along with that. <clears throat> and then I find later on that, you know, Trump was right. <clears throat> I remember when he said, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve shouldn't be so aggressive pushing interest rates up. <clears throat> At the time, I thought to myself, well, interest rates are still relatively low, so there's room to go up, but Trump Trump was right. The Fed has gotten too aggressive, and they've agreed now to ease up into the future. <clears throat> so I think Trump has a problem with style, and not necessarily a problem with substance. I think that the reason Trump, I also think the reason that Trump was elected was because of that, because people yes, are tired exactly. of a smooth talker that doesn't <laughs> get anything done. And the fact yes, that I agree. Trump is, is so alien to, to politics, I think, is also a positive. Um, you know, I agree with you on the negative side, but I think when it's all said and done, I think it's more of a positive than it is a negative. Although, you know, we I'll, can't say the tweets are always the best. But uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you, Valerie, I, I agree. I think overall it's a positive forum. But uh, as you just mentioned, there are or sometimes he tweets things out, and I, I remember looking at him and feeling my stomach start to churn. Uh, not to, Again, not that what he was saying I didn't have any problems with, but the way he says it and sometimes his timing. I mean, uh, you know, I, I live on the East Coast. I'm used to New Yorkers and how they, they tend to be. Um, but there are just certain times that um, Trump's tweeted some things out that were just, um, you know, a little provocative. <laughs> I agree, but I think that's part of his quote-unquote charm. You know, he reaches a different constituency that way that may not have voted 
except for him because he's reaching people that other politicians might not have in some way. I don't know. Um, but I also want to mention right, that I do not see the, that he. I think he definitely will get the wall. Whatever it takes, he will get it done. Because yep. that's just what yep. he the, he was he was um, elected to do. Is, he'll do it. Yeah, and, and he, Valerie, you're absolutely right. Donald Trump. There's a reason for the longest time they have called him the greatest, one of the greatest negotiators to ever live in the business world. Uh, there's a reason uh, he's succeeded for so many years and has been in the limelight and, uh, you know, continues even after some of his struggles in his, some of his businesses, he comes back stronger than ever. And, you know, he has the strongest backbone and the biggest pair of fucking balls that I think I, I don't don't know anyone. I don't know anyone with this kind of toughness. And, you know, just he, he's so he's so confident. He has got so much strength. Uh, he knows he's on offense. He knows he's the man. He knows he's the king. He knows that people have to answer to him. And, and he knows at the end of the day, these politicians have no choice. Uh, otherwise, he's just going to keep playing the game because he's been playing this game a lot longer than they have. Believe me, we know this. Trump's been around for many, many years. And just like he says, he knows politicians better than politicians know themselves. Um, Josh, I want your thoughts on this real quick. You know, Rory, I'd agree with you. Um, You know, every time when anybody asks me how I feel about Trump, because there's some friends I know that, you know, don't know the way I feel about politics. And I always say, I always say, you know, I agree with all of his policy, but I wish he would shut his mouth sometimes. But then I back that up by saying, (laughs) It's, you know, sometimes he says some, like you were saying, he says some things that seem a little bit off color and a little, even a little crazy sometimes. But guess what? Yeah. If he wouldn't say those things, he wouldn't have gotten elected. And especially yeah. with the way the media has never it's given him marketing. a fair shake. He, he, well, it's good marketing. He, he would have never, he would have, he would have, well, that's true. Well, I, he, he would have never gotten to this point. He tried to blow him out and he came back at her. He turned the entire thing. The first question of the first debate back in 2015, when Megyn Kelly was going to make a name for herself by drilling this guy, he, do you remember the answer he gave her? It closed the issue off, and, and the other 15 guys and the one woman are standing going, what did he just say? That doesn't sound like us. And, uh, and I agree with what Valerie's saying. I think the fact he's the anti-politician, and, and, and furthermore yeah. – he doesn't care if he gets reelected or not. He can go back to Trump Tower, live a pretty nice life. He's got a beautiful hey, wife. Clint, Clint, don't even say that. You know he's going to win the reelection in the landslide. I know. But there's the over thirty. There's over thirty Democrats running, and they have no message except anti-Trump rhetoric. And the Democrat nominee will only be given to the person that has the most anti-Trump rhetoric. They have no message. They have no agenda. But Josh, continue your thoughts. Sorry. Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, it's without his tweeting, without him sounding a little yep. bit off his rocker sometimes, yep. he would have never got elected, and he would never be able to communicate to the American people. The way that he uses social media to communicate directly yeah. to them is Especially unlike anything fake we've you know, never seen before. Right. Yeah, you know, that's a, yeah, if, if I could just add, that's a... 
That's a very key key point. Even though some of his Twitter's uh, tweets may be a little bit off color, I agree a hundred percent that he's got to keep doing those uh, tweets, and it's the only way he can speak directly to the American people. I just saw another study came out that said again ninety percent of the cover of the news coverage on Trump is negative. That's the fourth. Yep. study that's come out and yep. said at least 90% is negative. So what he's got to do, no matter what he, he says, the news is going to twist it into something negative. And if, if that's all the people yep. see, they're going to have the misinformation. He takes yep. his information directly to the people through through Twitter. And I think that it's it's marvelous. Nothing is uh, thwarted. It's exactly the way he wants it to be. And even with some of the issues he has, I think it's a huge positive, and I agree with everybody. We elected him because he's going to tell it like it is. You know, I, I you know, we do have a few minutes remaining in the show. Uh, we have about eight minutes left, but uh, Clint, stay on. I want to go into this final topic, and I know Will, everybody wants to talk about this. So, breaking news today: bombshell, a revelation. Huge reveal. I mean, it's not like we didn't have a, a strong suspicion that this was going on, but the FISA abuse and the whole fake yeah. Russia dossier orchestrated by none other than Hillary Rodham Clinton. But, Clint, I want Hillary you to speak Rodham on this first because I know you, Clint, I know you've been talking about this on your show. Clint, you go ahead first. Um. Hillary Clinton and her husband committed enough crimes in their lives for me to talk in 2016 185 times. I did shows before the election, and it was keeping up with the Clinton. And you have and million, you know, you, let's, remind, let's remind everybody, uh, Clint, Clint Bellows is a nationally sended radio show host. He's been around for a long time, very popular, millions of viewers every day on his show. He's on the Salem Network, same network as Lou Dobbs. Same network as some of the biggest and best. But uh, keep going, Clint. Sorry. Well, I, I, you know, and we have so many talented people here. I, I think, uh, Valerie, I think if Ronald Reagan were in office today, I think he would use Twitter. Okay. And, uh, but I thought, I, agree. Mr. Tr- I, I thought Mr. Trump was remarkably Reagan esque the other night, by the way, from the Oval Office, and he needs to do more of that as yeah. well. But yeah. uh, the Clintons are, let me just tell you, I mean, how in the world uh, can we be. Uh, bringing any kind of investigation against the president when there are 65,000 unsecured email leaked secrets. Uh, why in the world would the Russians, why would Putin want to have to deal with Trump when he owns the Clintons? He's got everything they've ever said and done. He knows he knows them inside out. He knows what they did in the uh, on the Black Sea deal that they basically uh, cut a, 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 a fat hog to get that deal that they – uh, convinced uh, key people in our government to sell what was it, 23, 25 percent of all of our uranium assets to the Russians. This is an act of treason. This used to be called sedition. And yet she's mm-hmm. still walking around shooting off her mouth. And she says she's going to run again. And between she and Joe Biden, they told, uh, you know, more lies than little Johnny in the back row. OK, so it's uh, and, and Bill. Bill's taken off. He doesn't take it serious anymore. He's down with uh, Jeff Epstein in Orgy Island, uh, trying to read as many quotes as he can. So, 
Let's not let's not deny the fact you just brought up Jeffrey Epstein, who's yep. a who's a I billionaire sure that runs a pedi- that runs a pedophile ring, and we know Bill Clinton fucks little kids. That's not a secret, and so do many <laughs> of these politicians. I mean, the pedophilia thing is real, and people got to stop yeah. denying it on the left like it's some fabrication or some lie because we see all these Democrat actors. Democrat politicians that have right. been involved with some sort. I mean, not all of them, well, but right. you know, there's a good amount of them that well, you know, have been involved you know, with let pedophilia. Me one more, let me make one more quick comment here, and then I'll shut up. Uh, Shirley MacLaine in 1961 was asked how she felt about uh, John F. Kennedy screwing so many, so many women, and she said she'd rather have a guy screwing women than screwing the country. And uh, uh, I, 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 that's a true quote, by the way. Of course, she's in a different life now. She's a cow or something. I don't know where she is. But, but anyway, uh, the, the, the bottom line on it is is uh, this guy is the first adult, uh, Dan Perkins, the first guy you and I could relate to. And I don't know the other members of the panel. Uh, I'm delighted to meet all of you, and I'll, I'll shut up. But I just wanted to say we have an adult in the White House, Dan Perkins. You may like him. You may hate him. But he's, uh, forgive me, he's the best a man can get, and uh, he's a man's man, and he's got a pair, and he's showing them, and he's got Putin worried, okay? And that's, that's not an altogether bad thing. Anyway, thank you so much, Rory. It's a wonderful show. Clint, we, Clint, we, have, a, Clint, we have a few minutes left. We have about three minutes left. Stay on. I'll, I'm going to give you a, a proper ending uh, where people can find in everything. But first, I want to go to Dr. Bustler. And uh, what are your thoughts, Dr. Bustler, on this whole Clinton rebel. I mean, obviously, it's not a, a shock when we kind of knew Clinton was behind this, but the fact that it came to light, you know, today with breaking news, you know, it speaks volume. Yeah, you, you know, um, I, I keep having enough uh, faith, I hope, in the system that the truth will eventually come out. Um, and the more we find out about this thing, uh, the more we find out that, uh, you know, uh, truly the uh, Clintons were behind uh, something that was uh, wrong. They they ended up breaking the the law, and worse yet, they got away with it. The FBI let them get away with it. The Justice Department uh, uh, let them get away with it. And um, for the sake of our constitutional republic, um, this has yeah. got to be stopped. And uh, somebody's, uh, you know, I I keep wondering who is the one that's really going to catch all this. I'm hoping. Um, you know, we had sessions as attorney general. I don't know what exactly did in those two years. Um, so Rod Rosenstein seemed to run things. Now it looks like uh, William Barr will come in. And, gone. I mean, he's gone. Cause yeah, I was just going to say, so Rosenstein. Bill Barr's coming in. Rosenstein will leave. Sessions is already out. Um, from what I recall from Bill Barr, for the brief time back in 90 or 91, it was, I believe, when he was – uh, Attorney General, he appears to be a pretty uh, straight shooter, um, and yeah. maybe he'll be able to finally uh, get the people that truly broke the the law instead of trying to go after somebody that didn't break the law and are just being attacked for simply politically political reasons. Very well said. And uh, Will Johnson, I want your thoughts, buddy. Go ahead. Will Johnson, you there? Well, oh, sorry. I had it muted so you wouldn't hear all the background noise I had going on here. And I love how you uh, don't hold back about how you feel about these pedophiles, Roy. 
I mean, I do love it. I don't use the language, but you know what? I completely understand, and I'm with you 100. percent Use my. You know, it's part of the reason why. You know, it's, you know, it's a reason why they keep talking about the children coming across the border. They're like vampires, you know. But anyways, this whole dossier with Hillary Clinton, you know, they did this from the beginning to try to to try to undermine President Trump because they want to make sure they could do everything they could to get Hillary Clinton to be president. And when it, they didn't happen, okay, well, how are we going to cover this up? How are we going to do this? Oh, what did it say? Russia helped him. He's been working with Russia. It's, yeah. it's so yeah. in our face, and we're supposed to just, right. like, not even pay attention to it. We're supposed to just go along yeah. with it and act like nothing's yeah. here to see. Move along, move yeah. along. They're act, they're, yeah. We're the droids, right? That's how they see us. We're the stormtroopers, yeah. and we're not supposed to even right. – we're supposed to be so dumbed down that we don't even realize what they're doing. And, you know, right. thank God Trump is the president, and things are absolutely changing. Well, and Will, you know, let's face the facts here. What if a Republican would have done to Obama what they did to Trump when Trump, you know, if Obama would have won and they opened the investigation? I mean, people would be screaming racism. They'd be screaming all this hate. You know what I mean? Like playing the victim stance. But, you know, we all know, and I strongly believe in in, in Bill Barr, William Barr, the new attorney general because he's a guy the way he carries himself that you know he his life and and his mentality is following the rule of law and uh, he doesn't play sides from the the way i you know uh uh, the vibe i got from him and uh he's all about holding people accountable so like dr bustler said we can only pray and hope that uh william barr starts some of these indictments and uh, gets down to business on, on some of these real criminals. Uh, but Valerie, I want to get your final thoughts and then I'll go to Josh. I hope you're right, Rory. And also Michael, I just don't feel good about this William Barr. I, I think he's oh an insider God. and he's fr- he's been friends with Mueller for a long time. And I just don't trust him. And I hope that you guys are right and I'm wrong, um, but I'm right. nervous about it. I hear you. I don't know if I trust him. I'm not going to, you know, say those words. Uh, he does. I'm going to be honest with everyone, my audience. You know, I don't care if I get backlash for this, but he does seem a little soft. Uh, I hope that's not, not going to be the case in the long run. Uh, but maybe it was just, you know, being interrogated in front of all these people in the courtroom is why he was kind of being so, uh, you know, wimpyish. Or, you know, if you want. I mean, if, if you, we're going to go well, you, you got to have somebody really strong that's going to take care of this problem because it's going to go forever otherwise. Well, hey, you see I, how right. the Democrats I, were... You, people want this to over with. Yeah. You see yeah. how the Democrats were closing up to him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they were not really... I mean, think about how they did Kavanaugh. Yeah. 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 And, that, and, that's, and that's, that, that's another thing, too. So, uh, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. I'm all about results, so uh, we'll just have to observe closely. And if he doesn't do his job, you know, obviously he'll be replaced. Trump's sick of uh, incompetent attorney generals. We know that for a fact. But, Josh, final thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah, final thoughts, real simple. The biggest thing, especially, you know, about this is tread lightly. That's all I have to say, tread lightly. 
Yeah. I I hear you. I hear you, buddy. I, I hear you. And uh, uh, Clint, 30 seconds, final thoughts. What are your thoughts, Clint? We gotta He's go 68 years old. He's a fat guy. I love him. Okay. I am very concerned, as Valerie indicated. He is one of the ultimate insiders. He was in the Bush administration. That's all you really need to say. And, uh, okay. you know, he's already indicated he won't put a stop to the mower inquisition. So uh, I was looking at somebody to say, hey, this has gone on long enough. We're going to call. Yep. Uh, it's, it's not like it's, it's, it's a – it's not a baseball game. It's a football game, and it has, you know, four quarters, and we're halfway through the fourth quarter, and that's that, and that's what's going to happen. I don't see William Barr doing that. I agree with Valerie, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not convinced by him. I, I, I Like I said, I think he's a little bit of a softy, uh, but I hope, I hope he does the right thing. So we have yet to see, but uh, Clint, quickly, we're running out of time, uh, Tell everybody where they can find you. I'm at uh, Salem's KOTK1420.com, and uh, I'm on Worldwide every day. Dan Perkins is one of my uh, uh, special Perfect. contributors. He's, he's on we, a couple do, times a week. And four to yeah, six, yeah, we yeah, do got to so run, but is that the best place where people can find you? Yeah, that would be, and you can Google me, and uh, you'll, you'll hit all the outlets where I'm on. I'm on a bunch of different applications. So thank you very much for the opportunity. It's a very gifted okay. group, Rory. You did a great job of quarterback. Absolutely. We'll talk, we'll talk to you soon. God bless. All the best. Thank you, guys. Yep. And Will Johnson, where can everybody find you? UniteAmericaFirst.com. All right, man. God bless. We'll talk to you soon, Will. Take care. Uh, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and follow me on Instagram, if you may, at J-O-S-H-H-L-A-V-A-T-Y. Appreciate it, Rory. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon, Josh. Uh, Valerie, go ahead. Uh, um, Michael, Dr. Bustler, promote your thing real quick. <clears throat> Uh, you can get me on Twitter uh, at M-B-U-S-L-E-R. That's at M-B-U-S-L-E-R. Um, or uh, if you have a Facebook page, it's facebook.com forward slash funding democracy. Funding democracy. So if you're on Facebook, you can search funding democracy. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Take care. Everybody, everybody I want to thank you for tuning into the show tonight. It's been a pleasure. I want to thank my audience. I want to thank my co-host. I want to thank my special guests, and I want to thank my sponsors. Uh, you can see the show all over. We're on over 40 different platforms online. Uh, you can also visit the Donald J. Trump store.com. Uh, please visit getyourappbuilt.com. Again, that's getyourappbuilt.com. Also visit our brand new media empire, the next genusa.com again that's d n e x genusa.com uh we will be back with you tomorrow night i want to thank all of my listeners it's been a fantastic show god bless all of you cheers everyone It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.